Hey, what's up, guys? This is Anthony with the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network, and this is another Wednesday word study. This week, um, we're going to be diving into a very popular set of words, binding and loosing. But before we get in, I want to just give a shout out to all those that are uh, part of our community. Thank you for joining our community and supporting both by watching and sharing the videos and by your monthly contributions. It makes it possible for us to keep doing what we're doing. And so I definitely want to give a shout out, whether you're listening to this uh, via uh, Apple podcast or Spotify or CastBox or any of those outlets. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, continue to like, um, share, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet and check out some of the other projects that I'm on. I do a live stream on every other Sunday night um, on the Blessedimony channel. It's called The Cross with uh, my man Rico. And then I do a Friday morning uh, live stream with Joe Day from Kingdom on the Road. And also uh, he's known for Buddy Walk with Jesus. So check out some of the other projects that uh, that we're doing. We're trying to put out uh, good content that will equip you to do the work of ministry, to grow in your love for God and your love for your neighbor. And so let's get ready to dive in uh, to this Wednesday word study. And we're going to be looking at a few words uh, because we have to break down some things uh, so that you can truly understand this. Now, this is a part of my spiritual warfare uh, class, and this is just a small segment uh, that I put together uh, for those who want a deeper understanding of this idea of binding and loosing. So first and foremost, uh, the binding and loosing prayers, um, as they are affectionately called, are uh, they began uh, originally um, as a Jewish uh, missionic phrase, uh, also mentioned in the New Testament as well as the Targum, and the Targum is an ancient Aramaic paraphrase or interpretation of the Hebrew Bible. Um, in usage, to bind and to loose simply means to forbid by an indisputable authority and to permit by an indisputable authority. When we actually go to our Strong's and we look at the terms uh, 1210 Deo, bind, it literally means to, it says, I declare it to be prohibited or unlawful by a Chaldean and rabbinical idiom to forbid or prohibit, declare illicit. And we see this in two places in the Bible, Matthew chapter uh, 16 and verse 19, um, where Jesus says to uh, Peter, that I will give you, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom um, of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and so whatever you bind, whatever you forbid, uh, whatever you prohibit, whatever you declare illicit on earth will be declared forbidden or prohibited um, in heaven. And it's also in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18, uh, the same terminology. Uh, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you 
forbid on earth will be forbidden or bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and so if we look at these um you see both terms so let's look at loose uh 3089 lu in your strongs means loose to declare lawful to permit or allow so it's just the opposite so to bind would be to forbid to loose would be to permit to bind would be to prohibit or declare illicit to loose would be to declare lawful or allow and we see these in both of those passages that whatever you uh bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven and so these terms are used uh, in those two places and the first place you'll see is the reference to the knowledge granted by jesus um, of the kingdom of god and so and i did an entire video on this go check out what are the keys to the kingdom so i'm not going to get all the way into that but the keys to the kingdom are important in interpreting and understanding what it means when he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, that whatever you bind, whatever you permit, whatever you or whatever you prohibit, whatever you forbid will be forbidden. And when you understand what the keys to the kingdom are, this particular phrasing clicks into focus and you understand it more clearly. And the second uh, passage in Matthew 18, 18 relates to the forgiveness and reconciliation between Christians. And so again, whatever you forbid, whether you don't allow, so if you don't reconcile, it won't be reconciled in heaven. If you do reconcile, it'll be reconciled in heaven. And that connects to what scripture says that your heavenly father says, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. Do you see the connection? And so it's important that you understand that connection. Um, when it comes down to the apostles, they never prayed binding and loosing prayers. Isn't that interesting that you never read in the Bible where the apostles say, I bind you, Satan, I loose this, or I, I bind that. Yet you hear Christians, um, prominent Christians, Christians that um, have large platforms or small uh, using this terminology as if they read it in the Bible that this is how you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to bind Satan and loose Satan. So uh, what in the world is this? Because the apostles never prayed any binding and loosing prayers. They just exercised the authority given to them in the name of Jesus and by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so where did the teaching of binding and loosing originate in the church? Because it didn't come from the apostles. They didn't teach it. So where did it come from? Well, there's another word that you got to look up in your strongs. It's 1840, 1845, uh, exorcistes, exorcistes. And this word is an exorcist, a person expelling demons adjuring or binding them using oaths, God formulas, religious cantations, <laughs> religious incantations. It's one who exacts an oath from another. An exorcist, i.e., is one who employs formulas and of conjuration for expelling demons. And so 
Uh, this was often used by the church fathers. And we see this used in the Bible. We see an exorcist or at least a group of exorcists. So this was normal uh, for Jews to practice exorcism. And that would make sense that if you um, didn't have the Holy Spirit, Jesus hadn't come, how were they exercising demons? How were they getting demons out of people? Were they were using these uh, formulas that they were using these practices to adjure demons to bind them. And so here's what it says in Acts chapter 19 and verse 13. Some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, we exercise you, uh, we exercise you by the name <laughs> of Jesus whom Paul preaches. So we exercise you by the Jesus who Paul preaches, sorry, I kind of got sidetracked there for a second. Uh, we exercise you uh, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They exercised by the Jesus that Paul preached. Now, this binding and loosing uh, practice uh, was done by some early church fathers. For example, so when they say we, we exercise you, they are combining the two together. And so they would uh, example of binding Satan was a part of the exoristic process as early as the third century. And it was commonly carried out for new converts, um, people who were under instruction before baptism. And so before they were baptized, they had to perform an exorcism uh, so that they could uh, bind Satan in their life uh, so that they could then become Christians. <sighs> yeah, think about that. Don't rush to judgment. Just think about the practicality of something like that for people who don't have relationship with Jesus Christ and don't have the Holy Spirit. And you would think, well, why is this able to happen? <laughs> you know, once the Holy Spirit is poured out, once Jesus has died and rose again, there's no need for these practices, but they were still using these practices. And so um, the terms bind and loose are not frequently used among the early church fathers. The concept is inherent in the use of the more frequent term exorcism. And so when they say, I exercise you by the Jesus that Paul preaches, they are inherent in that is binding and loosing. It is binding Satan and then loosing him or sending him back to the pit. You know, and so that's kind of the idea. And so rather than speaking of binding and loosing as separate acts, they viewed uh, both as a part of the exoristic process. Nevertheless, several church fathers uh, do make reference to binding and loosing as the believer's authority over the supernatural. People like Origen uh, talk about binding and loosing, and they, they put those in the terms of spiritual warfare. And I think that's where um, it ended up coming full circle uh, to uh, even here and now for us. And you say, well, why bind and loose? Well, those terminologies in that day and time uh, would have been very uh, normal to say. They would have been inherent uh, in their language. But for a believer, when you look at uh, Paul's encounter with the slave girl in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, 
Again, he does not use this language of binding and loosing. Let's see what happens. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 19 says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit, not to the girl, he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So he didn't say, I bind you, Satan. You know, he didn't say, we we rebuke you, devil, or any of that. Say He said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. So for any of you out there that end up encountering the demonic or end up encountering something that is <clears throat> against God's uh, 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 will or design or how, you know, uh, desire for our life. You don't bind it. You don't loose it. You command it in the name of Jesus. And this is important. And so I'm going to finish with one thing um, as I get ready to close out this word study is what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? You know, when we say, praying in the name of Jesus, gathering in the name of Jesus. What does that even mean? Well, uh, here's, a, here's a way to think about it. In the name of Jesus is to acknowledge his lordship and his kingship uh, over your life with respect to the character and mission that he undertook. Let me say it again. In the name of Jesus, if I do anything in Jesus' name, I'm doing it uh, with the acknowledgement of his lordship and his kingship. And I'm doing it with respect to his character and his mission. And so when I say in the name of Jesus, I'm seeing Jesus Christ as Lord and King. And I'm asking because this is in line with his character and his mission. I'm not going to ask uh for something that is not matching up with the character and mission of Christ. If it deals with saving souls, then in the name of Jesus, I pray for these souls to be saved, right? Uh, uh, whatever, whatever the case may be, I've got to slow down. And this is what believers have to do. You have to slow down and say, you know what? If Jesus is Lord and King over my life, then I have to understand his character and his mission because I want to be in submission to that because the Bible is clear that we can ask anything in his name. But if you don't really have a relationship with him, then you'll be like those people who he says uh, that they, they called him Lord, Lord, but they wouldn't obey him, that they cast out demons, they prophesied in his name, but he's going to say, depart from you. I never knew you. You know, it's like when his disciples came back and they said, man, in the name of Jesus, demons were subject to us. And Jesus uh, kind of gently rebuked them and said, don't be excited or rejoice over the fact that demons are subject to you in my name. Rejoice over the fact that your name is written in the book of life. And so when it comes down to this binding and loosing stuff, we don't we don't need that. We have to understand what it means so that we understand these phrases. 
And I challenge you, go check out my video on what are the keys to the kingdom. And it's going to help you a lot in understanding what binding and loosing are, how they're to be used in a sense of what they mean, because they're not to be used. They're not phrases. They're not uh, uh, spiritual incantations or God formulas that we use to adjure uh, uh, spirits out of people. We're, we're not coming up with spells that we're casting, you know, we, but we, but there is power in the name of Jesus. And the Bible is clear about that. And the apostles are clear about that. And whenever they encounter the demonic or sickness, they didn't say, I bind you. They said, in the name of Jesus, pick up your bed and walk. In the name of Jesus, come out. That's the way we approach these, these particular things. And so I hope this Wednesday word study uh, gave you some equipping that you can go out and do the work of ministry. Remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.